Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and lived the lives they deserve. Because of that, founders live lives of abundance, freedom, and creativity. That's what I'm really all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa with no opportunities, just sheer hard work to failing multiple startups yet learning a whole lot to barely escaping alive the war in Ukraine, even living as an illegal immigrant, I've lost everything twice and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, sharing the wisdom of luminaries I've interviewed on this podcast from Google executives to Amazon, Microsoft, Forbes Technology Council, Harvard, Financial Times, and even a priest from the Vatican Church. Everyone is welcome here. So let's begin. My guest today is Tavien Jean-Pierre. Tavien is the author of The Paradox of Leadership, as well as A Writer's Guide, which is due to be published soon. Tavian writes on the topics of leadership, self-development, and building a society that encourages individual flourishing. Tavian, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. And you? I'm feeling happy, honored, optimistic, and ready. And so, <laughs> to begin this conversation with what's on top of your mind these days, is, is there a topic, an insight a decision or a problem that seems to be demanding your attention and thought these days that is important for you? Yeah. Um, so currently I've been sort of dealing with the problem of how we can encourage leadership in the younger generation. Um, I think today with the amount of power they have through social media, I think we can see it with things like TikTok and Instagram reels. It can be somewhat challenging to, especially as a young person myself, somewhat challenging to maybe inspire them to use the power and tools that they have to encourage others. And instead of posting potentially negativity and things that can push people away or down the wrong path, um, encouraging them to inspire each other and inspire the next generation, but also the generation that came before them. Thank you. I love this topic and I'll play the devil's advocate a little bit. It doesn't mean it's too serious, but I'll ask this. <laughs> if everybody is a leader, then who's a follower? Is everybody <laughs> supposed to be a leader? Uh, are we all meant to be leaders and therefore we're leading whom if everybody is trying to lead others? Yeah, that's definitely a very good question. And I, I am on the other side of the fence. I don't I don't think that everyone can be a leader. I think that is something that a lot of people do sometimes advocate. And I think it's something that we need to be careful with advocating. I think um, leaders um, are those who really take on a lot of demand and they listen closely. And I think these are very unique skills that not everyone has and not everyone desires to, to pursue. So I think it's important that we distinguish between 
leaders and those who should still have a voice. So this topic of using our social media or whatever it is to to push out positivity, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone is a leader, but it does mean that everyone should have a voice and contribute to to um, the full picture of what society should look like. Thank you. Let's, you know, continue with the devilish questions. <laughs> well, you said people have power through their social media. Do they really have power or is it an illusion of power that distracts them from the real centers of power that can do whatever they want because they're not being so obvious? What's your definition of power? Is it real power? Do young people really have power? And is social media presence even power? Wow, a lot of of questions to unpick there. Um, I I, I do think that power... Um, is is influence um, and it's influence over over others. Um, but I also think that there is a deeper sense of power, which is influence and control over oneself. Um, and I think a lot of the time when we think of power, we sort of look at it from a extrapolated view. So of course, the platforms that people post on will inevitably have have power over and influence over what people can do. Um, However, I do think that we all, within our own small community and our own small world that we do live in, do have power to change ourselves and change those around us in our own capacity. And an example of that is when we wake up in the morning and we decide to, you know, go drink our morning coffee or we go out and we decide to buy a snack these are things that these are choices that we're making, and it doesn't seem like we're influencing a whole whole lot. But have you, um, the butterfly effect is a wonderful thing that I like to look at, where these small choices or these small changes that we make in our day to day life can can lead to to big changes. So maybe we don't have influence over the whole of society or over the in over our entire companies, but these small things can lead to to bigger changes that if people spot and people look into and people realize um, what we're doing, they might pick up on some of those patterns and it could lead to something bigger. Thank you. So deeper down, do you believe that if people did positive things, there is somehow uh, a bigger plan or a manifest destiny or some kind of uh, goodness in this world that would create the right thing or do you believe since it's all random everybody will be um, tugging and pulling to their own direction leading <laughs> to a random outcome and we're not like leading or being led or leading ourselves through the valley of death to the promised land but we're just randomly walking in circles thinking we're gonna <laughs> what are your thoughts about this and that's an extremely good question and sometimes it can definitely feel as though we are sort of all scattered in our own missions and goals and we're all pulling in different directions and I think this is why leadership is so important um I don't think leaders leaders just point in the direction that we should go I also think they create the environment that allows for um positive contributions within societies within companies and within our everyday lives. So I think that 
as much as leadership is about pointing the way and showing us a way to, I guess, that promised land, it's also about creating the environment that allows for people to feel as though they should pull in, in that direction. And that means creating positive environments, environments that allow for people to um, to express themselves in a positive way and have an influence which pulls us closer to, I guess, a promised land, as you, as you put it. Thank you. What are the conditions, requirements, or necessary things for an environment to be conducive to that growth and moving in the right direction to the promised land? What is necessary? What should we look for? What is required? Now, that's a really good question. I think it's one that I've been definitely thinking about a lot. Um, I definitely think that one massive requirement is how we firstly approach leadership um, and what we define leadership to be. Um, and I'm, I'm a strong advocate of sacrificial leadership. Um, and that's a, a model of leadership that means that leaders eat last. Leaders um, are the ones that stay behind while while everyone is progressing forward. And leaders are those that, you know, will, will take the crumb while they let the team eat the, the whole biscuit. Um, and I think having this this environment allows allows people to, uh, I guess, allows the majority to feel nurtured, to feel cared for, and in doing so, it um, it hopefully incentivizes people to do the same. It incentivizes people to instead of having a greedy outlook on life, uh, um, they may look at leaders and say, "Okay, well, my leader is is sharing." Um, my leader is always willing to take the smallest bite um, and hopefully that encourages um, people but I think another requirement is is also um, this idea of purpose um, so allowing people to have a good environment to explore what they believe they are here to be um, or what they believe they are here to become um, I think purpose is is, is a big thing and I think it's it's it drives us every single day and whether con- whether knowingly or unknowingly we are all striving towards um, an ideal for our lives um, an ideal for society and our actions um, all contribute towards that so ensuring that people are in an environment where they can explore and pursue a beneficial purpose which allows them to feel as though they are helpful um, to society but also feel fulfilled within themselves so i think how we define purpose and also how we define leadership play key key roles in how we create this um pursuit towards towards a promised land thank you and keeping with the devilish theme is it really um is it a foolish goal to try to do this path towards change, towards the promised land, towards creating such an environment, because there are actually Mm. thinkers when it comes to systems thinking who gave up because they find that (laughs) systems have this one prime directive, which is to perpetuate themselves and to survive. And therefore, if you try to change a system, all its power will go towards homeostasis keeping the status quo and not changing it's like i don't know 
you remember the first Matrix movie where there is Cypher who was part yes. of the resistance and he hated that new life and they're not winning and the Matrix is too strong. So he went back to the agents and he's like, I know this steak doesn't exist, but it's so delicious <laughs> at the same time. So there are actually people who began from the beginning, system thinking, thinking about change. Some of them gave up because they say, unless you start a system right from the beginning, that every system is dependent on the initial conditions. If you mm -hmm. create it from the beginning to be uh, conducive and to promoting uh, leadership, promoting change, promoting inspiration, uh, yes. alignment of people towards that purpose, it will work. If it has a different goal, you are killing that system by changing it and therefore it will fight you with all its might in order to survive. <laughs> What's your perspective on this? I think I think there um, is definitely a lot of truth in it. Um, and unfortunately, it is, it, it, is, um, it is something that we have to fight against. I think when you look at um, sort of the carbon emissions of, of the world and how we have to change our economy to suit supporting a future world which would hopefully reduce carbon emissions and save our planet, we can see the already the resistance of the current system. Um, people are unhappy about fuel prices, oil prices. Um, we see it's harder to produce things, inflation, um, and we can see wars as well. So when we when we start to try to change, I guess, the current system, I guess that, that is a problem, that there is a, there is a natural resistance that will be there. Um, have, I've, I enjoy the work that's going on um, with, with um, the circular economy. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but um, it's, a, it's a project that is hoping to create an economy that allows for the environment to feed into our products and us to feed into our environment and sort of create that circle which allows for a never breaking chain. And one of their biggest problems is 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 this is this very very thing, which is the current system just doesn't support it. Um, and it is a problem that we definitely have to look at. But I do think that it is as as, as you would say, it's definitely um, worth the attempt um, to to push for it because I think that it's often in these in these strives and, and in these attempts to make the world a better place that more fruitful things come out of it and we learn more um, and we learn more about ourselves and through that strive we might not be able to completely achieve or completely um, hit the promised land or or completely get to the goal that that we initially set out but through setting out on that journey we can learn things and we can hopefully um, encourage if we, sorry we can hopefully take those lessons and pass them on to future generations who may be able to get an inch closer um, to what we were trying to achieve. But the goal at the at, at the at the end needs to be desirable and needs to be one that is 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 good. Thank you. And when it comes to leadership, a lot of people will feel an imposter syndrome, so they won't even contribute or attempt because they feel, well, who am I to be that person? And even if you take it to an extreme, yes, you said uh, you create an environment that helps shape the vision and the purpose and all that. But in reality, if there are 8 billion people now on this planet, we have 8 billion 
worlds, <laughs> 8 billion <laughs> universes, 8 billion personalities, thoughts, desires, preferences uh, that might even contradict each other purposes. And therefore, what you're doing is, let's say you have 100 people or 1,000 people, even if it's true that something will emerge as their purpose and their vision for the promised land, how can they be representative of a million people or a billion people or something like that? So it's a, a, a two-sided argument where each individual thinks, well, I'm not special enough to take on the leadership role. And on a bigger scale, if even if it's one billion people, you can say, well, you're one billion, you cannot speak for all the other six or seven billion people. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what are your thoughts about this? Yes, and, and, and that that's that's I think this is where collaboration comes into play, isn't it? Where we we're we're unique and that's that's beautiful. Um and we we should we shouldn't actually take that away. And I think I, I explore this idea, especially in the paradox of leadership, where we have where we have many different personalities uh, and many different characters and they're all sort of as you said pulling in in different directions um and i guess once again it's the leaders it's 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 a two-sided coin as you said it's the leader's job to listen to those voices but also consider the the goals of 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 the whole you whole society but also try to create this environment and we have paradoxes everywhere um but it's in those paradoxes we can also find beauty. Um, it's in our uniqueness that we can find creativity and we can find um, unique experiences that allow us to improve society and improve ourselves. Um, as as you mentioned at the at the beginning, you were raised by a single mother. I, I was too. Um, but hearing stories from people who weren't weren't raised from a single mother has definitely influenced my outlook on what families should look like um so having different experiences having different um stories uh are essential for building a society as well um so i definitely agree that i think collaboration and uniqueness is definitely something that we can't take away in, in fact it actually adds to this overall picture um and whoever is defining that overall picture of the promised land, and unfortunately it is the role of leaders to do so, once again has to, has, has to listen very closely to all of the voices and ensure that everyone is being represented. And whether that's on a micro scale, um, and that's just you and your family, or that's a macro scale and that's the government, or it's a company, um, all of these um, play, play a role in creating um, or summing up to a final goal for human flourishing as a whole thank you and maybe you mentioned it maybe you haven't yet but what's the paradox of leadership i think in a nutshell the paradox of leadership is what we innately want to do is what leaders shouldn't do um so in at the, at the beginning of of my book in, in the beginning chapter i sort of point out five things that we more than likely would innately want to do and we do these as do these things as children and one, one of the examples is um pointing the finger at someone else so normally if you do something wrong or if you've done something shameful or you know and your mom's caught you or your dad's caught you you're you naturally want to say it was someone else's fault or you naturally want to deter the blame um now 
as a leader, this would be probably the worst thing that you could do. Um, it would harm your team's spirit, and it would, if you know, it, it would completely crush just the the people in your team. And I, I, I take a manager of a football game, for example. If if the, after after losing a game, the manager just decided to point at every single player and said, "You did this wrong. You did that wrong. It's this. It's that." And all of and in that sort of attitude to defer blame onto the team, you can see how the team morale would be would be um, destroyed. So innately, the manager might feel embarrassed because that was the team that he put out and that was the team that he wanted to succeed. Um, and he could push the blame. You know, leaders do have the power to push the blame. However, he has to do the opposite. And as a leader, he has to decide to instead not necessarily take the full blame, but take account of the, of, of the actions that he's done. So I think the biggest paradox is that what we innately desire to do is is actually damaging and that's one of those that's one of the paradoxes I've, I've identified especially with leadership thank you i like this and i will like ask you questions that keep me in the role of the devil's advocate a little bit yes <laughs> you mentioned you know leadership and that you're really in favor of sacrificial leadership where the leader will eat last and actually there is even um in writing and storytelling and screenplay the notion of a reluctant hero the idea that if someone wants to be a hero they're inherently mistrusted people don't like them they become not at all sympathetic but if someone you know like um Hamlet, he wasn't, you know, chasing greatness, but greatness mm. was thrust upon him. <laughs> Then people <laughs> like him and he's like that. But if you look at biology and you look at mammals and all that, the higher status individuals are the strongest and the most capable of protecting the tribe. And therefore they eat first so that they have the strength to defend in case they're attacked. And yes. therefore, they don't eat last because if they're weak or, you know, as they say, there is that uh, self-development saying, oh, it's uh, if you're an airplane and it's going to crash, you put your mask first before you help other people and all that stuff. Because if you're going unconscious, you cannot help anybody and all that. <laughs> so tell me more about uh, sacrificial leadership in terms of these ideas and how, why shouldn't a leader like take care of themselves first so that they are stronger in order to take care of others. Yes, for morale, it could be cool. But is that an innate uh, desire or is that more of uh, an inheritance of a religion, of some cultures that were saying, oh, yes, um, we are worthless. We should be punished. We're, you know, yes. we should, all that. So what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I think, I think, I think this is a really good idea. Um That, that that you're pointing out here that definitely there are in nature we see um, loads of loads of um, examples where the strongest have to ensure that they remain the strongest um, and I think I think for sacrificial leadership the idea is that the leader seeks to ensure the the, the tribe's overall health and Whatever that means for that situation is is what that leader does. So, um, of course, potentially in, in in that example, 
maybe eating first is 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 good to to stay strong um and for i guess us as humans that doesn't seem to always be the case um especially when we look at um team sports we see that leaders are the best leaders seem to be the ones who are willing to um take a back seat and allow the other team members to grow and develop however i do think that there is there is an importance in ensuring that um the leader does remain strong and um i think with sacrificial leadership um this model is reinforced by the idea that the team members see that the leader is sacrificing and as a result through through this idea of reciprocity want to do the same for their leader so in a model where potentially the leader is always eating first for example or the leader's always um you know taking charge or as you said wanting to be wanting to be great um this is this is the culture that defines what the team does so when the leader is potentially um out or needs a bit more support the team may not be as willing to do that however in this sacrificial leadership model the leader can be reinforced or be re-strengthened by the team as the team understand that the leader would do the exact same for them if they were in a weekend um scenario thank you and what i'm hearing deep down is this comes from a paradigm of believing in the goodness of human beings that reciprocity yes. is is very very powerful but i remember i won't mention the country or the person but i interviewed a philosopher and a thinker who grew up in uh, one of the ussr countries and when it broke down everybody he said became selfish like fathers were um uh, like people were raping and uh, women were prostituting themselves and people were stealing each other's goods and things like that so his belief was human beings are evil and we need to control them <laughs> in order to make them go through the straight and narrow path to goodness and that if you leave them roaming to their own devices they will be selfish they will take advantage of you they will find every opportunity to do that and his country in the 90s as well although it's not 100% related but it was voted as the where people like the highest level of distrust in each other of any country in the world and therefore people assumed expected desired and looked uh, to uh, you know to take advantage of each other and mm. to find opportunities to um take advantage of each other and um do that and therefore if someone came and he was a sacrificial uh, like leader and sacrificial leader in this way they will definitely at least in that moment just uh, take all the food eat and let him start to death or whatever it is <laughs> so what are your thoughts about this do you believe that um because some people again they will say well if uh, there is a, a place where people are mistrusting of each other you should definitely let the generation die and hope for the next generation <laughs> to be better what what are your thoughts about this and i think i think this definitely goes back to um the environment doesn't it um there are certainly environments that we can put humans in and we've seen psychological tests um there are certainly environments that we can put humans in that will allow us to 
behave in a more animalistic, selfish um, way. And these environments tend to be um, negative. They tend to be ones that, um, I guess, are full of suffering. Um, I know, I, I know for a fact that if I hadn't eaten for 27, 28 days, if there was a place full of food, I would definitely not think about my friend who hadn't also eaten for 26 days. <laughs> I would probably run after the food and I'd probably not think about sharing. Um, however, in environments that are rich and full, full um, and are and promote um, human flourishing in, in a positive way, we see that sacrificial leadership can be beneficial there. So I think environments definitely shape um, how humans behave. Um, going, going to that point of are humans innately, um, innately bad, I think that goes back to the, to, to the point of, um, that I was trying to make, especially in the first chapter of the paradox of leadership, which is the idea that innately what we might want to do is, it is detrimental to what we should do. Um, and so, yes, I, to some extent, I actually do understand and I do agree um, that innately, I think, without this positive environment to to um, nurture humans in a correct way, we will turn out to be um, self-seeking and selfish. Um, and that's why the role of a leader is so is is so hard to really take a point to really try to build this environment, but also build a goal that allows humans to be the best that they can be. Thank you. This was such a wonderful conversation, truly enlightening and enriching. And if people want to learn more about you, where should they go? As well as please share more about a writer's guide. What's the vision for it? Uh, what's expected for it? When will it be out? If there are concrete plans and just speak about it a little bit. Yeah, so with the Writer's Guide, um, so a Writer's Guide is a little book. It's an ebook that I'm trying to put together to help writers um, become um, better at creating passive income uh, through their writing, um, but also improve their craft as writers. Uh, and that book I'm hoping to release hopefully around June or July. Um, so keep your eyes out for that. And if you want to learn more about me, you can always find me on Medium. Uh, and if you want to see more of my writing, you can always search tavian.blog um, and my my writing is, is, is on that blog as well. Thank you so much. This was my pleasure. Thank you. Mm-hmm.